1: Thank you for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. Today, we're talking about men. Last week, we talked about women and some of the burdens that they carry or are assumed to carry. And this week, we want to talk a little bit about uh, what happens when that energy shifts toward kind of the male part of a heterosexual relationship. We talk a bit about emotional intelligence. John Gottman suggests that the secret to a happy marriage is an emotionally intelligent husband. But what does that even mean? And how do you make it work? It's a cool conversation, as always. Stick around. Uh... Did I tell you about your face? What about it? Not, not your face, but um, your face. It's like the, just now when we, when I said stop talking, because we were going to try and go ahead and just let all your brilliance shine on the podcast. And then you were like, you stopped talking. And I wasn't even stopped talking. Then the, what you're supposed to say is your face stopped talking. That's what happens in our house. And then mm-hmm. it's very me mature. And Mary, well, me and Mary do it. It's like, she'll say, can you put that in the dishwasher? I said, you put it in the dishwasher. She says, your face puts it in the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how we uh that's how we end all our arguments.
0: That's your fight. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well I, I think that okay I'll just say that I think that when you have humor like that between two people actually I have a, I have clients right now and they listen to the podcast but they're I, I think that they just started listening so it's gonna take a while for them to get to this episode probably yeah. many months but they use humor so well in their relationship it's such a playful relationship but yeah. there's this line and the moment it crosses the line it it, it is an absolute firestorm uh-huh. and it's really interesting and that's actually one of the reasons why i wanted to talk about this particular topic that i'm bringing up today but it's really funny how humor can cross the line it's like one person's having a great time they're like your face puts in the dishwasher and this is going to happen with your daughters where they're going to like burst into tears and you're like what did i say we we play this game every day why is it all of a sudden hurting your feelings
1: yeah yeah um Isn't it creepy when, when people listen to the podcast and then like somehow they enter your world and they're like, oh yeah, I heard that you were going to go to, you know, so and so. And I was like, wait, what? You know? And then I have clients and it's weird because she listens like religiously and he doesn't listen at all. Yeah. She's like, she's like, oh yeah, I remember that you said this because, Uh and he's like, what? And it's kind of weird. It's almost
0: like misalignment, right? Like when you meet with one client over and over and over. And then all of a sudden you bring their second, their partner in and they're like, I feel like I'm not supposed to be in the room. Like this feels a little too intimate
1: for me. The other thing that happens to me is like, I'm sure you've heard this before, but Uh this is how I'm thinking about this right now. She's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that time you wanted to take your daughter to Mars. And I'm like, Uh like, God, how many times have I told that story?
0: (laughs) You're like all my materials used up on the podcast. I have nothing, nothing else left to teach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had this one where you know how I was playing with my tiny hand with, wow. a couple episodes ago? I took uh-huh. a picture of the tiny hand scratch scratching my dog's butt and I put it on Instagram cuz I'm mature like that and uh-huh. uh I got a comment he was like, "I heard about this on the podcast. It's so good to see a picture." <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. I was like, "Oh gosh, jeez." No, because here's the truth. The truth is that we are celebrities. We are people that I, I say this. is and- <laughs> Hey, but we might be after this Condé Nast thing. If that happens, we're going to be like,
1: return our emails.
0: Yeah. So me- like
1: 15 emails. I got no response. Um, okay.
0: I, I wanted to talk to you about that.
1: I wanted <laughs> hey, listen to. to this. But okay. You can talk to me about that, but listen, you know where I am kind of a, a celebrity is when I do, um, the ASLs in Seattle, people are like, oh yeah, I love your podcast. I think I told yep. you about this. So. Yeah. Um, but that's they come up that's to you like, and they're
0: like, you do have nice hair. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I do. They,
1: they um, That's kind of like uh, preaching to the choir though. That's like your built-in audience right there. Mm-hmm. The people who are already seeking couples advice, but anyway. yeah.
0: They're already in. So guys, this is what ended up happening. We had this meeting with Condé Nast and Condé Nast is responsible for like Vanity Fair and what? I don't know like, if we should
1: tell this whole story. We should just say we okay. had a meeting with a media yeah, company. That's and were, it.
0: Yeah. yeah. With a media company. It's a big one. And yeah. they're looking, they're looking for talent <laughs> and um, we're talented. And, and, um, and the funny part was that Zach works late at night. He's a night owl, and he gets on things. And when he gets on them, he doesn't let them go until they've processed through. Yeah, and so I, I go to bed. I go to bed, and I wake up, and there's like four new emails in my <laughs> inbox. And it's like, uh, and this one other one thing, and uh, and this other thing. And he just keeps sending. And it's not like he's sending me the emails. He's sending Condé Nast <laughs> the emails. And I was like, stop it. Stop it, Zach! You were gonna weird them out.
1: Well, I just, I just wanted to be of help, and
0: um, you were so helpful.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out, I guess.
0: <laughs> if they, we haven't heard back. They haven't. We're responded like not
1: to- this guy. We don't want not the manic this- guy.
0: Uh, we'll take, we'll take the blonde. Here's what's going to
1: happen. happen. They're going to reply and we're going to be doing the podcast one day and you're going to be like, yeah, so I'm going down to Condé Nast on Friday and I'm going to be like, what? Wait, hold on. How's that happening?
0: What's what happened? Well, they found a replacement. His name's also Zach, but he doesn't email at midnight four times. Yeah. (sighs) All right. Here's what I want to talk about. It gets the
1: same emails, though. She gets like five emails in the morning. She's like, Jesus, what am I going to do today? You know,
0: You're like what were you doing last night? Stop drinking your Red Bulls Mm -mm. or your Diet Cokes. Hey, how's that going?
1: Uh, I have about one Diet Coke a day.
0: That's that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Usually it's you. first thing in
1: the morning, though. So that's kind yeah, of fine.
0: You don't drink coffee. So yeah. it's like your coffee. OK, Um. so the last time we had our podcast, the last episode, I was talking about how women in particular carry this burden. I want to mm-hmm. find another word, but it's it does feel like a burden at mm-hmm. times. What do
1: people carry? People carry suitcases. They carry baggage. They carry bags they carry they uh, carry
0: the the um no you had a really great word it was um the privilege they carry the privilege of um, the relationship yeah does that not feel about right but it really it's does it.
1: yeah it it's can feel like, like a it's burden. something about stewardship right they're stewarding they feel like they have more i don't know you get that. We, I, I understand what you're trying to say.
0: Yeah. So um, that was the last episode and, and kind of a gender difference in heterosexual relationships between, you know, women being the relationship stewards. And, um, and I thought, you know what, I want to talk about men and what men carry, because mm-hmm. there is almost this misunderstanding and also this expectation that we have for men. And I wanted to dive into that because I, if, if women are going to be the ones who are, mm, more vocal about their complaints and relationships or their wants and their needs. And we know that to be true. um, Then how can we give some voice to what we know men need um, and maybe what their expectations are or what they're feeling is what they're carrying unnecessarily um, with the stewardship in their, in their wheelhouse as men.
1: Yeah. Well, I think obviously this is problematic because you can't just put men in a category or women in a category, or you have to sort of separate up. But there are a lot of stereotypes and myths that I think that go with, with men. Like, um, do you know that, uh, what is the statistic? It's pretty fascinating. 80% of people depicted in diarrhea commercials are men. Um, (laughs) It's true. This is this is a true fact.
0: It's probably um, because
1: men eat shitty food. No, it's because men are they men are allowed to look ridiculous. Um, it's why all the dads on TV are so dumb and bumbling, and mm-hmm. they, you know, there's no like really great. Well, there's not none, but there. But the dads are the idiots, right? Um, mm. so there's a lot of like kind of myths and stereotypes around men that mm. I think I think position us to. Kind of have to uh, step it up a little bit more. Um, and I'm, I'm realizing what I'm saying right now is somehow like I'm whining about being a white heterosexual cisgender man in America right now, middle class, you know, mm-hmm. but, but mm-hmm. I'm specifically talking about relationships. Like, what is it that we need to transcend in order to be better partners? I think is the is Aww. the question, even if it's not, even if it's not real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think you've mentioned something like men are supposed to be handy or something like I'm not handy. Does that make me yeah. less of a man or like what, how do my, How can I transcend that in order to be a better partner kind of?
0: Well, that's, that's been a really, a really tough one. <sighs> I got on this interesting topic yesterday talking about,
1: um, although it did make my planters. Did you see my planters?
0: Yes. You rocked that.
1: No. Yeah. Anyway. You
0: crushed it. So when I, when I met my husband, um, I, I like lusted after him. I don't know. I probably didn't anyway. I didn't know what I was marrying. He's handsome. He is handsome. Absolutely. But we, we fell in love on a friendship level. And then it was just like, we were just hanging out and we just never stopped hanging out. It wasn't, I, I think lust is probably a bad, a bad way to put it. But one of the things that I noticed is that some of my girlfriends have these husbands and they're super handy. I mean, they have like power tools and belts that they wear and they're like the what are those sexy twins that like rehab houses oh, anyway yeah.
1: what are those guys called
0: i don't know sexy yeah. twins that's Sorry. what i'm calling them um and and there are definitely moments where i am like i wish you were more handy i really do and um and so what property he has brothers. done is property brothers yes he <laughs> has i've had dreams about them too but dreams in particular. Okay. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) But I wish that he was more handy. And um, he has said to me, well, I wish you were more handy. And the moment he said that to me, I remember being like, what do you mean you wish I was more handy? I'm a woman. Like, what do you you expect of me? And he's and I remember he pushed back and he was like, what do you expect of me? Like why, why do you, I, I make money so I can pay for people to come over and be handy. Yeah. But if you're going to expect that I'm handy, why can't I expect that you, you know, hang things on the wall and drill, make planner boxes. And <laughs> that, that pushback, I, I mean, I had one of those blow your brains out moments where I was like, you're so right. Why <laughs> am I expecting this of you of a 2019 man? Uh Anyway, yeah, there's a, an expectation there, and I had to—I really had to turn it around because there's times where I will literally like wait for him to get home on a business trip to fix a toilet, mm. and and he'll say, "I don't know why you waited. You know you're going to be doing this yourself, right? <laughs> it, it broke on your clock." <laughs> um, you know so. what
1: Ryan is? You know what Ryan is? He's not handy. He's he's dandy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Yeah, that, that I mean, again, it's just one of those things that we we sort of get set up to have this um, identity that maybe isn't isn't accurate, you know, and mm-hmm. and it's like. Um, what is it like men don't ask for directions or something like that's kind of mm-hmm. the thing I was um, I think mm-hmm. kind of sparked you when I was talking about that guy in my office who was finally asking for what he needed, like right. for somehow for us to ask for what we need is a, is a weakness of some sort. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think you got to learn how to ask for what you need. The, 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 the real trick is learning how to ask for what you need, you know? Right. And yeah. not, you know, there's a big difference between demand and desire. And I think if, if men in particular are using, sort of power to ask for what they need or take what they need, then Mm -hmm. that's, that's not how to be effective in a partnership, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The other one that I'm finding is, um, like uh, that men shouldn't get, uh, angry or they shouldn't have like these emotions of like anger or sadness or irritability. Like it's not okay. Sort of like, um, it's dismissing, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you can't be angry. Like we need to teach the anger out of boys, little boys. And the Mm -hmm. truth is like anger is one of one of the crayons of emotions. It's one of the colors. Um, it's, it's, it is red (laughs) and there's all the different hues. We've talked about that, but, um, I, I find that like a lot of men are like, it's unacceptable for me to be angry. Like, why, why can't you be angry? I get to be angry all the time. Yeah. Watch, watch me.
1: Well, again, it comes to how you, how you're angry. Um, as you were saying that I was thinking about men, uh, men don't cry. Like, right. man, you're not, oh, and you're too young for this, but you remember, uh, men don't eat quiche.
0: <laughs> I'm definitely too young. I don't remember that at all. Do yeah. they eat kale? K- no, it's a, it, I mean,
1: I, I, I just remember I was, I was in the seventh or eighth grade when my dad came home with this book called Men Don't Eat Quiche. I, I'm gonna have to check it out again. But um, again, just kind of this idea. that, that That's off point, off topic. Just as a more of a memory. <laughs> but the, um, but just this idea that somehow again, being emotionally available isn't okay when actually it's really required. Um, mm. And learning mm. how to help men be emotionally available is one of my favorite things to do in my office. Hmm
0: how okay so how would you coach a man to be emotionally available
1: well i think um i think a lot of times I, uh, i'll just kind of go right at him and be like hey so what what just happened right there cuz he'll he'll open his mouth and then he'll stop or something or he'll you know and i'll go what's going on what's happening right now and he'll say i'm just feeling like this and i go okay well tell me more about that you know and i think um at the, at the bottom of it, and this goes back to the hues, like the hues of red, it's just giving them more language, right? I think language is the is the way to help people understand what you're feeling. And um, it's kind of back to, well, not kind of back to, but that whole premise of uh, raising emotionally intelligent ch- kids is giving them words to identify their emotions. And I think yeah. a lot of people don't, don't actually have words. Um, mm. So you have to give them to them.
0: If I was to, I, I think we talked about this before, but... Um, I think that the book Emotional Intelligence is a cool book, but I don't think that it's super helpful as far as like a guide to teaching. I, I like the program, you know, raising an emotionally intelligent child where you're teaching children how to be emotionally intelligent. And I just wish that there, there was a program out there and I keep saying this, so maybe I should just build it mm-hmm. of um, raising, you know, or having an emotionally intelligent marriage or, or under having an emotionally intelligent Husband or wife or, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, Should we yeah. talk about
1: that for a second? Because John, it's one of the quotes in John's um, in Seven Habits is um, that the key to any successful marriage is an emotionally intelligent husband. Right. Um, and maybe you don't know what that means, but I mean, maybe people who are listening don't know what that means. Like, do exactly. you want to talk about that? For yes. Something? Yeah. Please. Me, me, yeah, yeah absolutely. You're,
0: te- you're teeing it up. You're you're aware of it, yeah. Um, well,
1: uh, the simplest way to put it is that emotional intelligence is a is actually an intelligence quotient. It's called EQ, um, which is separate, It's different. It's like IQ, but different in part because IQ is meant to be flat. You're not. It's you can't change it in theory. Um, mm-hmm. If your IQ is 110, then your IQ is 110 forever. But EQ mm-hmm. is different, and it's measured on four different kind of. Um, Quadrants. Not quadrants, but just skills. Um, And one is um, it's self-awareness and then it's Mm -hmm. self-management and then it's other awareness, like awareness of other people's feelings and then relationship management. So typically we are stronger or weaker in any one of those four. And in order to be emotionally intelligent, it's the design is to build up your skills in all four of those areas. And so for me in my office, it often begins with. Awareness, right? Self-awareness. What are you feeling? Um, yeah. And what is your partner feeling? Like it's amazing to me that when s- sometimes a particularly a woman will start to cry and a man will not be able to handle her tears. Mm-hmm. Can't um, be
0: there. I had this experience. I'm like, just hey, man, it's look.
1: Look at your wife's face. What's she feeling right now? Sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? Disappointed. Yep. What else, you know, and, um, just to have people begin to turn their faces toward their partners and say, Oh, I see what you're feeling. I see what you're doing. That's yeah. other awareness. Right. And then of course you have the, uh, this idea of self-management is I'm aware that I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Now I have to choose how I'm going to be angry, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, or, or, yeah I'm aware uh, that you're crying. Now I'm going to have to choose how, what am I going to do about the fact that you're crying? Um, mm-hmm. do I, so I
0: had, I had this, um, this moment with, with a couple where wife burst into tears and just the same exact experience of what Mm -hmm. you said was like, he, he couldn't handle her emotion. And so what he does is he starts dismissing it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, okay, this, this emotion is too much for me. I don't like it. I don't know what to do with it. I don't understand it. And it's causing emotion in me that I don't understand. And I don't like, Mm -hmm. and so his, his MO is to dismiss it by rolling his eyes, by blowing her off, by, um, you know, being like, why are you like this? Why is this such a, you know, what is this all about? Trying to kind of tamper it down. And what does that do for her? Uh, of course, that just escalates it further because she feels invalidated and she feels like, why can't you just be in this emotion with me? And so slowing it down a little bit, we got to the point where he was able to say, I, I want to be here with you. I want to like Mm -hmm. I want to empathize with you or whatever it is. But just so you know, when you cry, it scares the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to do with that. And I was like, this is perfect. Just Mm -hmm. expressing that one little moment of like, I want to be present with you. I want to be there for you. And at the same time, I just don't know how because this is what's going on for me. And I told him that is such a great start. Just being able to express that one little bit, tiny bit of information, letting your partner know, and it softened everything. Just mm. that little bit of conversation. I, I remember actually going back um, to our business partner, uh, and I'll I'll call him by name. But when when Sean lost his mom, I, I remember a lot of people. He was sharing with us, you know, a lot of things that people say when when you lose someone. Mm-hmm. and And I said, "You know, I've always had a really hard time with just the the phrase, uh, "I'm sorry for your loss." It feels very disingenuous to me and um kind of clunky. And I said, "I want Sean to say the right things. I want to provide empathy. I want you to know that I care about you and you're in my thoughts." And I just don't know how to express that because I have no idea what's going on for you. I mm. just, I can't join you where you're at. And he said, just you saying that to me is you reaching across the line of just saying, I, I, I don't know what to say to you in this moment. I don't know how to provide comfort, but I I want you to know that you're on my mind and that, um, and that I can't even imagine what you're going through. And he said, that was perfect. Just yeah, that.
1: It is. I mean, and I think that, that people... Um, I want to disabuse the thought that somehow you have to master emotional language. You know, like, again, we, last time we were talking a little bit about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, like what you would kind of offered him was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And because he wasn't expecting anything, it really satisfied, you know, um, it really kind of met him exactly where he needed to be met. And I think men uh, in particular, if they, if they feel like, well, I'm never going to be, touchy feely, or I'm never going to have all the words that you want, or I'm never going to be able to then start simple. Just be like, I'm not sure what to say here. I know something. I know I'm supposed to say something. Um, but maybe I can just be yeah. next to you. Um, yeah. because the, the movement is the the connection is the thing that matters, you know? And I mm-hmm. think, I think this, you know, if we go kind of back to the top of the podcast, this, this training that we have to be idiots and to not know what we're doing and, and we're excused mm-hmm. by all these sitcom dads, um, isn't, it's not serving us. It's not serving people. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. so,
0: yeah. So I would say if there was like a take home, um, it might be just sort of like take an inventory of what your expectations are, what your, your inner expectations are for your spouse and how that might be tied to some sort of script that your partner didn't write, but was written for them Mm. and how, how we might be, Mm, not necessarily giving our par- our partner what they need um, because we are basing it off of this script. So- We
1: didn't even touch parenting, like the kind of the script yeah, that, that, that moms play this role in, as a parent and dads play that role as a parent. I mean, again, mm-hmm. that's often scripted sometimes by our own families, but again, just by what's around us. And I think you get to write your own. Um, yeah, um, yeah. You get to be okay. as present and as you know engaged as a parent as you get to be. i tell you about this one couple who, um, he, he works outside the home. Mm -hmm. She works inside the home with the baby. Mm -hmm. He comes home and he's like, I'm tired from work. I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta rest, you know? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, how often, how much do you work? And he's like, I don't know, 50 hours a week. I go, okay, 50 hours. I'm gonna give you 50 hours. How much does your wife work? He goes, not at all. I go, really? Because she gets up at like an hour before you and she doesn't stop parenting until like, yeah. Until you're like into your second cocktail. I think she works like 98 hours a week. You know? (laughs) And he was like, like, oh, damn. And so now he cleans the kitchen. Mm -hmm. He's like, I I come home and the kitchen's a mess. And I'm like, "Mm, clean it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um I think I told you oh,
0: about that that's awesome. So do if I was to have like a little conversation with you before coming in on the first session I was like Zach can you just tell my husband to like start building some shit around the house <laughs> <laughs> would you just align with me and then next time you see him be like hey Ryan I'm going to need you to just step your game up a little bit your wife's going to need you to build
1: some stuff I would uh I would first make Ryan dig his own grave
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: I would not do it because you somehow planted the seed. I would, I would walk him into a, into a trap and then be it. like, yeah, so maybe you ought to build some stuff.
0: Yeah. Man, that's the sign of a good therapist is if they trap you, they trap you into it. Yeah. Hey, I have one question for you because I'm still picking almond joy out of my teeth. Um, What is your favorite Halloween candy? What's the first to go? Like, what do you start picking out Butter of your kid? Can- yeah. Yeah. Mm. Butterfinger's yeah. good because it sticks to your teeth. Like well, you can thing is, here's what's interesting it.
1: about Butterfinger is this year they they had an advertising slogan that was uh, Butterfinger's better than ever. And I'm like, did they change it? Because I'm pretty sure
0: thirty three percent
1: more butter. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, a, I think my favorite's probably Twix, in case you were wondering. There's a lot of uh, you
1: got a lot of variety in Twix.
0: The peanut butter Twix are my favorite.
1: Oh, no, no, no. You got to go with the original caramel. Uh, Twix had this great um, ad campaign as well. It was a couple of years ago, but um, it was <laughs> this kid, it was this guy, this old man was walking down the street and he dropped his Twix bar and this kid picked it up and goes, sir, sir, you dropped your Twix bar. And of course their thing is there's always two in the package, right? Yeah. And so you're, you're primed for him to share it. And and the old man mm-hmm. looks right at the little kid and he goes, you deserve a reward, Yes, you do. (laughs) And he turns around and walks away.
0: (laughs) Zach, I think you have the memory of an elephant. I don't know how you remember all of this. You should have been in marketing, to be perfectly honest, because you you remember jingles. You remember
1: commercials. (laughs) Patton Oswalt. Okay, Patton Oswalt is a comedian, and he has this bit that he does where he goes men Dodge. And he sings this whole like Dodge commercial from his childhood. And then mm-hmm. he sings another one from another car place. And he goes, that's just in my head. It's in my head forever. And then the next that's line, goes, and then the next line, he goes, I've taken two infant CPR classes.
0: <laughs> and I, I can't
1: remember <laughs> whether to, whether to press on her chest first or breathe in her mouth first. Like, can I just swap out this car commercials for some? <laughs> Anyway.
0: Everything just needs to be tied to a jingle because yeah. you remember it. And okay. that's why they, that's how they teach kids. That's why they get to know the ABCs.
1: You can. True, can true fact. Yeah.
0: True fact. If you were to say, Laura, um, what becomes or what comes before and after uh, the letter O? I would be like ABCDEFGA. E, F, F, <laughs> like, I, I do. I'm not. I know I'm not the only one I have. I am smart in some areas, but the alphabet is not something that I uh, have an expertise in.
1: Hey, um, speaking of the alphabet, if you're looking for a good relationship guide, the relationship yes. alphabet is on sale at amazon.com. We got to go, man. This has been too long.
0: All right. Adios. See ya. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Man, I'm still in giggles after doing that episode with Zach. But um, I just had to say, if you're interested or you thought this was interesting talking about emotional intelligence, we actually cover this in our Marriage in Motion course. Uh, many of you have already purchased the course. And if you haven't, you can check it out by going to MarriageTherapyRadio.com. Uh, there's a tab up at the top and it says marriage in motion. It is a 16 week video series course where you actually get to see our faces shiny and bright. Um, and then it's linked with some activity sheets and each, each course, each lesson is about 20 minutes, but you know what? You just go check it out. It's less than $300. I think you're going to find a lot of value in it. Thanks so much for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday.